we begin our study tonight, it, this is, if you will, the divine order, the divine order that was given to Gideon. And so Judges 6, we'll read a few verses and get kicked off in here. We'll probably just cover the first point tonight, the fight that takes place, if you will. And uh, Judges chapter number 6, and uh, we can begin reading. If you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, you can read with me, because uh, all the verses are not on here. And so just going to read uh, verse number 25, verse number 25. Let's read together. And the Bible says, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took men, took ten men of his servants, and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down. And the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. Now, we're going to take those couple verses and kind of look at those. And then we'll go back and we'll read the rest of them as well. But if you look at this text tonight, in the previous verse, in verse number 24, uh, he has just talked to the angel of the Lord. He, he, uh, he did a sacrifice unto him. And then that same night... The Lord said to him, Go and take the young bullock and uh, even the second bullock of your, of your father and throw down the altar of Baal. That is thy father's. There's some things that are interesting to me that as we look at this, um, as we look at this tonight, but when, when we as Christians, we are first tested in the, less, in the lesser things before being called to the greater things. And so Jesus, or Christ, was preparing Gideon for what was to come. And the first order of business is that Gideon had to remove the wickedness that was in his house. You say, what do you mean it was in his house? The Bible says in verse number 25 that the bell, the, the bell altar belonged to his dad. It was his family's altar. It was his family's bell. Uh, I don't know all the details because it kind of doesn't tell us exactly for sure, but it, was, it belonged to the family. It belonged to Gideon's dad. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. But think about this, that God told Gideon that I want you to go and I want you to take this Baal altar that your dad built. More than likely, if he's like my dad, he didn't build it alone. I was up there helping him build it. 
So more than likely, Gideon helped his dad build the altar for Baal. Now, I don't know that for sure, but it would almost make sense that Gideon helped his dad. So think about the, the, the father's religion, the father's belief, the father's way of action. So he had, Gideon, God told Gideon, the first thing I want you to do is get rid of the evil, get rid of the wickedness, even though it belonged to the family, even though it's your dad's, but still get rid of the evil, get rid of the wickedness. Though, as we look at that and we say, well, why would God tell him first to get rid of the wickedness of his dad or of Baal? Why do you think that God told him to take care of that first? Before he could go into battle, before he could help judge Israel, before he could turn Israel back to God, why do you think it's important that he had to tear down Baal in his own house? The importance of that. What do you think? Uh huh. So I think that's why mm-hmm. that it would need to be done. Yeah. Clean your house. Yeah. yeah. Clean your house first. That's right. Not only because it's right beside of God, but because of the people that knew that. And that's right. And there he's telling them, and there that is in their house. That's right. That's true. That's true. And I, I think that, you know, my opinion is that the That's right. That's right. And it's one step of obedience that leads to the next thing. Because here it is. He's obedient in this action. And then chapter number 7, they win a great battle. They win the war. And they have rest in, and then they have rest in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the country. Because of Gideon doing the first thing first. And so what does that tell me? That I need to make sure that I clean my yard. You know, I'll read that scripture to you in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 3. And beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. How in the world can Gideon go down and tell them, hey, tear down the altars of Baal, we're worshiping God. And he's got one sitting back at home. Right? I mean, and and the Bible talks about the bishop or the pastor. The pastor needs to run his house. And if the pastor doesn't run his house well, he is not doing what he's supposed to do as the bishop. Now, and, and just like you, as a man, you need to run your house, right? You know what it says? So we have to give an account for ourselves. I was talking to my dad today, and uh, we were talking about, talking about this, that, that exact subject. We have to give, I don't have to give an account for Eddie. I have to give an account for Trenton. And for what I do, and what I allow, and what goes on in my house, and what I watch, and what I say, and where I go, and what I do, and where, where I drive. I have to give an account for me. I have to worry about the moat that is in my eye. 
I've got to worry about my own backyard rather than worrying about, well, did you see what they were doing? Did you see where they were going? Did you see what they were saying? Because here we are. We can worry to death about what somebody else is doing and not worry about what's going on right here. <laughs> That's right. And I firmly believe that is what God was doing with Gideon. Gideon, clean it out. It has no business being in your house. Baal has no business being at your house. Clean it out. Tear down the altar. So I ask, what altar needs to be torn down? What are the altars in our life that we need to get rid of? Anything that's not pleasing to God. Anything that's not pleasing to God. Anything that we put before God. No, it may not be this little idol that we worship and we call it Baal or, or we call it Buddha or whatever it is. But hey, if it, if it is something that is more important than God, then we better get rid of it and tear down the altar. Because before he could build what God wanted him to do, before... He could do what God wanted him to do. He had to tear it down. Think about that for just a moment. So he had to go to his daddy's religion and tear it down. Wow. What is daddy going to say? Because if you see in that next verse, I believe it's number 27. I think it is. Uh, I might be wrong on that verse. But in, uh, no, verse number... 27, it says, Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and, and did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, he did it by night. Why did he go by night? He did. He feared. He feared his dad. Yeah, but he did. But he did do it. He did do it. Which says a lot about Gideon. But then at the same time, but I, I do believe this, that it was wise of him to do it at night. You say, why? Because had he done it in, in the day, it would have been a fight. It, there would have been a full-fledged fight go on. If uh, he would have come to his dad's house and said, look, dad, this altar is coming down, so get out the way. I mean, think about the fight that would have caused in the house. Think about the fight that it would have caused between him and his dad. If not in my house, are you doing that? You're not tearing down this altar. But he did it by night. Now, and it says that he feared, but I, I, I don't think that it was a, man, he's scared. He, he might have been scared, but ultimately I feel like it was done out of wisdom because it was done at night when no one saw that it was done and there wasn't a big fight and there wasn't a big blow up. Because what takes place in the next couple verses is that, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Gideon's dad comes in and, uh, and he approves of it. He backs his son up. He said, good job, Gideon. So I, I, you look at, you think about that because Gideon's dad, Joash, had he done it in his face, he said, get out of here, kid. But he done it where... Okay, it's already done. All right, good job, son. And he backs him up. In just a couple verses, we'll read that, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But, but he had to tear it down. Before God can use us, he has to tear us down. 
You mean, what do you mean by that? You can't be full of yourself and full of God all at the same time. I can't be full of myself and full of God at the same time. It just doesn't happen like that. Because if you're full of the Holy Spirit, guess who you're not full of? Yourself. A lot of times we get ourselves into trouble because of self. Self wants to do something. Self wants to say something. Self gets their feelings hurt, right? Self. So, with that, have, have you ever been humbled before? Sure. If you've never been humbled before, maybe you need to be humbled, right? Because we need to be humble before God. And we need to be humble before that. And so Gideon had to go and, and take it out. Representation of sin. What do we need to do to sin? Leave it around for later? Let it hang out till a little bit later? No, he had to get rid of all of it. He had to tear it down. But before he could... Because not only did he tear it down, but after he knocked it down, what did he do? Verse number 26, what did he do? And built an altar upon unto the Lord thy God. Hmm? So he tore it down. Before he could build, it had to be tore down. So an altar could be raised. In verse number uh, 28, And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down. And the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. So before the altar could be built, before the altar to the Lord could be built, before the altar of the Lord could be sacrificed, before the bullock could be built, there had to be a tearing down of the wrong. And tearing down of the wicked and the tearing down of the, of the wrong and the replacement with the good and the right. And it has to take place in our lives. It needs to take place in... It needed to take place in Israel. The wrong had to be ushered out and the, and the right needed to be ushered in. But there could be no new altar without a tearing down. Could not. It could not take place without the altar being gone. Before you can rebuild, you have to tear it down. And before God can rebuild us, He has to tear us down. Yet, I know you've probably heard the song about the potter and the clay, and He picks up all the broken pieces and puts us back together. See, our life sometimes gets broken so that we can be used and moldable to the Lord. So it, do you allow yourself to be broken before God? Do you allow yourself to be, to be broken so that God can reuse you and rebuild you to what He wants you to be? Any thoughts or questions? It is. 
It is. That's right. That's absolutely right. Is absolutely right. He's looking for a clean vessel. And a humble vessel. God only with pride cometh contention. That's what the Bible says. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Pride gets in the way. Pride will stop us from serving God. Pride will stop us from getting right with God. Pride will stop us from doing those things. Pride will stop us from being filled with the Spirit of God. Pride will. Pride will stop us from being, oh, it ain't going to break me. It will. It will. It will. Now, any thoughts before I move on? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Verse 26. Yes, sir. And the Lord... What rock is that? <laughs> you know, I kind of wrote it in my notes that way. That's kind of what I feel. Um, that it would be symbolic to Christ when he talks about it in the New Testament. Upon this rock will I build my church. I kind of feel like that's... I kind of feel like that. I don't know that that's for sure, but... And you know, whenever he told Moses to speak to the rock... Yes. Right. I was looking at this, I said, well, it's to me, I think it is. Uh, right. Build it on Christ. Absolutely. I, I, and that's, that's what I feel. That's what I feel, too. Because, because our life's built on the rock, there is no other foundation. There is, you know, that's a solid foundation. It's not going to wave. It's not going to move. It's not going to bust. It's, it's going to be the solid foundation. And so where did he tell him to put the, put the altar? On the rock. On this. On this rock. Not oh. only a rock. That's right. This rock. Yes. Specific rock. A specific place. Yes. You know, I mean. That's what got my attention. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Come on. <laughs> on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. Uh, that's right. That's right. And all other ground is sinking sand, right? That's right. Um, so that was actually my next point. Thank you, Brother Blackie. Upon this rock. <laughs> but then, if you will notice as well, um, he's supposed to sacrifice on this altar. But look in, uh, in verse number 25. He said, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of how many years? Seven. Now, how long have they been in captivity? Seven years. They've been in captivity for seven years, and God said, I want you to use the bullock that was born when y'all went into captivity. Seven years ago, he went into captivity. I want you to use that same bullock. And that, I don't know what, what uh, seven is a number of completion. So, hey, this is the end of the oppression. This is the end of this taking place. You go to that altar on this rock right here. You build that altar right here on this rock. And you take that bullock of seven years. And you sacrifice that bullock because oppression is over. Hmm? It's over. It's completed. It's done. The altar of the Lord is important. Evil altar needs to go away, but the altar of the Lord needs to come in. 
We need to have the altar of the Lord in our life. We need to have that in our life. And, and think about this. Before, before Gideon could reform the country, what did he have to do? He had to reform his own house. We get so upset and so concerned about America, but where it really takes place is at the home. At the home. Our country is falling apart because our homes are falling apart. We would have better Americans if we have better Christians. Bottom line. Christians need to return to God. It would solve a lot of issues. But before he could do that with the country, he had to reform his own house. Now, in verse number 27, the Bible says, And he did as the Lord said unto him, even though he had to go behind his dad's back, even though he had to destroy his dad's altar, even though he had to do all that, he still did as God wanted him to do. Because he knew, much like you and I know, the rewards for being, for being obedient outweigh what happens when we're disobedient. What happens when we're disobedient? What happens when we're disobedient? We've been through with seven years. <laughs> That's right. They've been in captivity for seven years. Oppression, if you will, whatever it is. They've been, a, they've been in that for seven years because of disobedience. And when Gideon's done, they'll return because of their disobedience. What happens because of our disobedience? We may not go into deep oppression like the Israelites did, but ultimately we do. In some sort of fashion, we do. Because sin takes control. And we become, there it is. What happens when you're obedient? Blessings. Blessings. Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, if you will tithe or give to the storehouse, like the Bible says, he'll pour out blessings. Why? Because you're being obedient. Sometimes we need to be obedient. Now, let me be honest with you. Sometimes it's easier to be disobedient. What? Wouldn't it have been easier for him to just go on? Wouldn't it have been easier for him to not have to go to his dad's house and tear down the altar that his dad built? Yeah. It would have. But when you sit back and you look at the disobedience that takes place in our life, you look at the disobedience that takes place in the Bible, God has punishment for disobedience. Whether we think it's big or whether we think it's small, everything that we do, every time that we disobey, it has its consequences. So do I want the consequences of being obedient or I want the consequences of being disobedient? Which one? <laughs> I want to be obedient. I want his blessings. I don't, want, I don't want his curse, right? So look at this. So he tore it down. They came out the next morning. Here they are worshiping God. Verse number 29. And they said one to another, Who have done this thing? And they inquired and asked. They said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city, the men of the city, who said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may... 
die. We're going to kill him. You think he had some wisdom in going at night? Yes, he had some wisdom in going at night because he knew they'd wanted him dead. And he went to, and they, uh, that he may die because he has cast down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. But watch what Joash says. Watch what Gideon's dad says in verse number 31. And Joash said unto all, the, all that stood against him, he stood against the, the, uh, the opposition. He stood against them that were against him. You know, sometimes when you serve God, you have opposition. When you, when you serve the Lord, sometimes it, it ain't going to make everybody happy. Yeah, it ain't going to make everybody happy. <laughs> Come on. That was my next point. <laughs> no, it's true. And some of those that oppose you are family and friends and neighbors and, and cousins and people that you thought would have your back. They don't even have your back. They don't even care. And here it is. Here it is. He stands before them. One to kill him. But guess who has his back? His daddy did. And look at this. Uh, in this verse, where were we at? Uh, verse number 31. And Joash uh, said unto all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death. Whilst it yet mourning. If he be a God, then let him plead for himself, because one has cut down his altar. So Joash says, okay, guys, listen. You want him dead? then tell Baal to take care of it. If, God, if Baal is really a god, then tell him to kill Gideon. Now, come on. What is that? That's a slap in the face of Baal. It's an insult. It's an insult? Come on. Hey, don't you, don't you kill yourself trying to plead to Baal to kill my son. You just tell God, he, you just tell Baal if he's really mad enough that he cast down his altar, then to kill Gideon. Uh, did Gideon die? Not at that point. I mean, he eventually dies, but he didn't die there. So guess who ain't real? Baal's not real. Come on. Let's read that next verse, verse number 32. So not only does he, he tell him that he needs to, uh, he gives him some advice, and he challenges God. He challenges Baal. But then also, he gives a compliment to, to Gideon uh, in verse number 33. Uh, therefore, on that day, he called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Uh, he changed his name. I don't know for sure, uh, but in the next chapter, chapter number 7, uh, then Jerubbabel, which is Gideon, so he changed his name to Jerubbabel. But that name, uh, that name, let me see this definition, that name means this name means uh, it was defiance against Baal. <laughs> so what did he do for his son? He gave him a name so that everybody would remember that his son was against Baal. So he gave him a compliment. He gave him a compliment. Gideon's dad stood up for him. A lot of times, Brother Blackie, as you said, we face opposition and a lot of times, it is family. But then every once in a while, family might be on our side. And they're not part of the opposition. They're for us. Yeah. Hey, and honestly, ultimately, we look around this room today. 
If you're born again, guess what we are? We're family. Guess what I'm not? I'm never against you. I'm for you. I'm for you. And if we're against each other, we're not supposed to be on the opposite side of things. No. We've got to be on the same team. His name was changed because of what he did. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 11 and verse number 26, it says that they were first called Christians in Antioch. Their name represented who they were. What does my name represent? What does your name represent? Gideon's name, Jerubal, meant that he defied Baal. And he was against Baal. Amen. Any thoughts or questions? I've never called Gideon Jerubal. I've always called him Gideon. <laughs> Any other thoughts? All right, let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone that's here.